I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm a little bit Alexis. And my name is Colin Drucker, and it is good to see you, Mr. Bagel. (laughs) I don't even know that reference. (laughs) Oh, that's one of my favorite Alexis scenes, is when (sighs) she... Um, she gets the text from Ted where he oh, says, like, I mean, I'll get the was... bagels. And then yes. she, like, goes oh, confront yeah. him at the vet's office. Yeah. Yes. You did and it in the, in the details. I, I did it in the details that. on that scene, yeah. And at the end of the scene, she was like, well, it was good to see you, Mr. Bagel. And then she, like, <laughs> works her way out of the room. Yeah, uh, nail tap on the, the file cabinet. Oh, my God. Yeah. The nail tap on the file cabinet is, like, almost <sighs> the most important nuance in the scene. <laughs> in the series. Yeah, in the series, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you can't already tell, we are here uh, kind of uh, taking a little bit of a detour from our our Best Supporting Actresses, at least in the vein of the Oscars, but just kind of doing a little... a little, what, what do you want to call it? Not even a bonus episode. Just yeah. A, a reprieve. I, well, you know, I was thinking about this this morning and I was like, you know, this is such a good idea. Yeah. Because, I, you know, if I say so, if I do say so myself, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was your idea, to, you know, the episode was your idea uh, in terms of what we're talking about today. But I think this um, this thing we're doing where we're taking sort of the concept of best supporting actresses, which I think is what yes. we keep talking about. is not just like who was actually nominated or who yeah. actually won or like, oh, if you won the Oscar, then you are the quote unquote best actress or best supporting actress. Yeah. But like it's this concept that I think we're kind of like always diving into and looking at these things through. And I think we can carry that concept over to like, I mean, this is pretty much how I see everything. So I'm selfishly bringing it to this podcast as well where it's like well what are the best supporting actresses of Shit's Creek for example um and so yeah when you said that I was like you know what this is great this is a great idea we should do this all the time yeah I think it's lovely just every once in a while to just sort of you know kick her shoes off it's a the Mm -hmm. BSA it's a state of mind it's not even like a uh it's a state of mind yeah it really is yeah that's (laughs) what I was trying to say I'm you know I'm still waking up but that's that's what I was yeah it's a state of mind and so this is a um this is a state of mind episode yeah well uh, I was gonna say I was trying to think of some clever transition, but it, it's failing me at the moment. I'm also waking up. But uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Colin? Oh, it was good. It was um, actually it was great. Uh, so okay. I did not travel at all. I did not even leave Astoria. I, I barely left my apartment except to go to the supermarket twice, and it was great. Um, it wasn't that crowded, and so. John and I were just going to hang out at my apartment. We were going to make some food and just kind of like have a chill day. And then some of his friends were going to come over in the evening. But like all of this was kind of like, oh, this is going to be just like a couple of appetizers and some drinks and, you know, we'll smoke pot and talk and hang out. Sure. And it'll be nothing. And 
we just kind of started making some things and then like other people brought stuff and like it all came together to be this feast. It was Ooh. easily one of the best Thanksgivings I've ever had in terms oh, of just like yay. zero stress, amazing food, really great company, didn't have to travel. We kind of cleaned as we went. And so love, there wasn't... I love a clean as you go. I love Oh, it. see, it's now that is... essential as a host or a hostess, as we like to call ourselves. Yes. Now, <laughs> I know that John is listening and I know that he is cleaning out right now because... We often joke about this, this idea of like clean as you go, um, <sighs> because that's something that I do not have not traditionally done. And it's something that he, you know, kind of grew yes, up doing. John, it's like, it's like a family motto. Yeah. 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 It's, I, I often do when I'm hosting a party and I find I don't just like leave the room mid conversation. But if, if there's like a transition point where people are just kind of shuffling around or whatever, mm -hmm. If I could throw a couple bowls in the dishwasher and maybe put some forks in there, I mean, it makes me feel good. I have never seen you more like in your element than saying that sentence. I know. It's so, I mean, it's because I think it, it's mainly um, rooted in the fact that I hate cleaning up at the end of the party when I'm just full and just want to die. And I don't yeah. like the idea of leaving it all on the counter to just like crust over and... Oh. It just, the, it's the worst. It's like the worst yeah. next morning. It's like, it's a party hangover because yeah, yeah. it's crusted over. Crust is the verb that describes yeah. everything that happens to your plates overnight. Yeah. Especially on Thanksgiving. It's extra oh, crust. So it's extra crusty. Oh my Not God. Not even just the pie, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's stuffed <laughs> crust. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's stuffed with <laughs> turkey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And stuffing. Yeah. It's so disgusting. I get it. Uh, anyone else who's in uh, clean as you go, I mean... Clean as you I, go. I fully support that. Yeah. It's practically, um, I feel like it's only a matter of time before it becomes like a decorative sign in my kitchen. Yes. You know, you know yeah. it'll be at Target. You know, yes. Clean as you go. Yeah, I'm going to take down the live, laugh, love that I've had up. <laughs> in cursive, in that yes, wispy cursive. Totally, totally. I'm going to scrape off dance like nobody's watching <laughs> so that I can put up clean as you go. <laughs> Oh, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. <laughs> if you can't handle me my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Marilyn Monroe, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> like, she did not say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh, God. This, that is a genre. It is. Target Ooh, art. Like, target art in college. Like, when you target get your first college. apartment. Yeah, especially oh my for, like... <laughs> white girls which you know we I see kind of you <laughs> we see you oh my god yeah. off-campus apartment design aesthetic yes. realness yes, realness off-campus oh apartment <laughs> that is a subset of bsas that i'm just that'll be our next episode really yeah that'll be like yeah when, whenever we get to the point of like real like bonus episodes maybe this so who knows you know who knows what empire will create here yeah. i feel like that I just want to sit around for an hour and talk about off-campus apartment de decorations. Yeah. Or even like first year in the dorm with those like plastic bin shelves. Oh and my then God, the, yes. The lamp with three little uh, uh, like Don't tentacles. you read me? I had that lamp. <laughs> I know everyone did. <laughs> you think I didn't have that lamp? <laughs> How do you think I knew about it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, ten, the maybe $5, $10 mirror that you hung on the back of the door. Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Uh, from the, Target or something or Walmart, you know? Yep. And like the... I had like a beat up little laundry hamper that had kind of like a wire framing in it and yes. netting that tore. Yes. Of course, <laughs> but you still kept still going. kept it. And like everything had the scent of original Febreze. It was just 
<laughs> it's burned into my memory. Yeah, oh, totally. Like Anytime I senses. smell that, yeah, it's just like, Ugh. oh god, home from Thanksgiving break. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I had a lovely Thanksgiving. I'm still mm-hmm. in New Hampshire right now. Uh, Keon and I switch off every year, and we're doing Thanksgiving in New Hampshire and Christmas in Pittsburgh, and then it'll be the opposite next year. Uh, but it was quite lovely. It's super cold, as you can imagine, in New England right now. We're supposed to get a lot of snow. Uh, we're hoping we'll get back sometime this week, so we'll see what happens. But I'm we're talking off mic. I love a good snowed-in moment. Oh my god! Uh, especially on like a Friday night or Saturday Saturday, oh. uh, it's great. Oh my god! It like more than a few of my favorite things. Like that is yes, yeah, like that yeah. snowed in on a, like a like you wake up Saturday morning and you were just like, well, we're not going anywhere. Uh, I am just crawl back in bed. Yeah, put make some French toast. Treat oh, yourself. My god! Or yeah. order in. You know. Just right. Order. Oh, I get such guilt about ordering whenever there's snow. I get such guilt. <laughs> but I will say I love going out in the snow. It's like when dogs go out in the snow and they stick their snout in it. I oh, something that's so cute. Yeah, something primal comes out of me. It's like, oh my god, the snow. Um yeah. I think, maybe it's because of snow days as a kid. Like I think I, so too. I think there's some residual mm-hmm. feeling there. Yeah. Yeah, it's been programmed in since like a, a you know, very formative age of like when I see snow on the ground in the morning, good news. Yeah, I wish adults had snow days. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah it's well, I'm it's hoping because we're I don't know what's going to happen in New York with this weather. Um, by the time this episode is out, we will know it will have happened. Yeah. But um, whenever, it, yeah, I, my version of that is like, oh, I'm going to work from home. Ooh, like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could. I am a voice teacher, and I can't. I can't no. do that. Yeah, I guess you <sighs> can't like do it over Skype. I know. That's my dream. I would love to work at home. I guess like it would get boring eventually. I do like the idea of going into an office and socializing and, you know, having my gals, but also mm-hmm. being at home rocks. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's like the best feeling. Yeah. I did do it for a while and it does drive you a little crazy sure. because you have that, especially in the winter you're where you're always like, home. Yeah. You're always. like, at what point am I not a shut in? Like, where's the line between like yeah. I work from home and I don't leave the house ever. Yeah. And uh, it's tough to find that line. But I think the perfect balance is like maybe go into the office two to three days a week. Oh, yeah. I know. That's what Keon does. He works from home Tuesdays and Thursdays and goes into the office Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So that's it. It's a good schedule for Ugh, him. Yeah. That's so good. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I need to. I'm, I'm working on that. Um, yeah. Anyway. So we, anyway. we are, of course, here to discuss the best supporting actresses. Of Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm so, I'm just so gooped. I, so this, yeah. The, uh. I sent Colin a list, everyone. I'll, I'll talk while you, com- uh, you know, mm. compose yourself over there. Yeah, yeah. I'll be just uh, yeah, I sent myself. Colin a list and I was like, maybe like the women of Schitt's Creek. And I sent him like a list of, in order of who I think we should talk about. And we could, we can stray from the list, of course. Of course. Um, but he responded. He was like, oh, that is the list. That's the list. <laughs> and then he did a death drop, you know. The one with the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that the is the one with the list. That is the list. And you know what? I, I'm so glad you sent that because I realized that there was at least one, like, glaring omission in the way that mm-hmm. I was thinking about the list. And oh. someone who I have I – have in at times thought might be the BSA, the like ninja BSA. Yes. Secret, of Shit's Creek. Secret Assassin. So, Secret Assassin. We'll yeah. yeah. Um, 
and yes, I definitely have at least, I mean, it goes without saying, everyone is perfect on that show. Yeah. But there's definitely at least one, like, best supporting actor for me as well. Yeah. Um, so we'll squeeze them in as well. Yes, I think that's that's important. We'll honor some of the men because it is a very, I don't know, I, just speaking of or hearing uh, Dan Levy talk about the world of Schitt's Creek, about how there is, like, no one questions him and Patrick. There's no mm-hmm. sort of, like... Uh, I don't know, any sort of phobia that exists mm. in Schitt's Creek too. So I was going to say, you know, it's important for us to acknowledge the men as best supporting actresses because uh, there's some men that are giving BSA performances. I think it's just, oh, it yeah. goes without saying. I think that Dan Levy, I think that, like, I mean, he's, I feel like if you can make a great gif, if you can, like, pr- if you can perform a micro moment that's all a gif is it's just a micro moment it is um if you can kind of create a subtle micro moment which he does in like his complex reactions and his um i can't remember who it was but someone was telling me um about there's like a gesture that he did he does in a scene in Shit's creek i think when patrick when he figures out that patrick has not come out to his parents and like oh. david has this little like moment alone with himself where it's like he it's all like silently processing it and just all of these acting choices that you yeah. know it's almost like the show i think that's what makes the show so great and i think it took maybe a little bit to sink into this is how nuanced and detailed and human it is in this kind of like absurd story you know yeah which is the best sort of show to watch i was talking to keon yesterday about it too and it's like every episode it's written for like queer people, first of all, oh, like God, gay yeah. men and and the gals, I th- it mm-hmm. honestly is, and I I know a couple straight men that watch it. It's not saying that straight men wouldn't have the same experience. Um, I think they like it for different reasons too. But like if it's, it's like if a straight man is into Shit's Creek, that's like uh, <laughs> we talked about it before. Just like those sensitive straight men who are like gay friendly that that you love, you know? Oh, totally. And like yeah. bonus points if he says. And I think the show got even better in like season four and season five. But then he's yeah. got me because yeah. that's to me that that's the gay whistle tone of Shit's Creek is when it started to make me cry. And I was like, exactly. Ugh. And I do have to revisit some of the earlier seasons because it did become a show that I'd go to like go to sleep to, and so I'd miss a bit. Yes, but um, I just I feel like in particular the last couple seasons have just been like it has found this like this groove that yes I think has such like a queer energy and that it's like mm-hmm. it's just it's such it it, it, keep, it like it keeps taking unexpected and unpredictable turns and like points of view in small ways yes. like the way a scene plays out or the way a scene ends or like the sort of like jokes that are buried in the scene i just feel like i could see it all kind of going over some people's heads and i know that's elitist to say but it is what it is no i know what you mean though because it's uh it's a, it's, I don't want to say it's a hard sell, but like Keon and I have pitched this to like so many of our friends and mm-hmm. some people latch on or they, they watch or they, they might not get it. And, and I don't, I don't know what the magic number is of how many episodes to watch or like get through season one or, you know, cause you've done that before with other shows like Parks mm-hmm. and Rec doesn't have the strongest first season, but I, I still think it's important to watch because it's just, I don't know. That's like the completionist in me is like watch every season. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, Oh, I lost my train of thought here, but uh, like uh, yeah, what it I, takes to get people into it. Yeah, 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 what it takes to get people into it. And I think um, there is a sort of, I don't think it's quite as wacky as Portlandia, but like there, it's like that sort same sort of idea or thought process. Like, okay, I need to enter this world and just kind of 
allow every, whatever needs to happen to happen and enjoy mm-hmm. it and just not think too much about it because you're going to spoil it, I think, too. And there's all this momentum that's coming up. Like, uh, the last season, Colin, is gonna. I just feel like it's going to be perfect. Like, I oh. just, the, the, uh, that finale is going to be, it's going to wreck me, I feel, like, and everyone else. Uh, I mean, if it's any, if, if the trajectory of the show is any indication, because season yeah. five was phenomenal and yeah. like that last episode i'm gonna do it in the details on that scene yes it's gonna be the scene between stevie and moira and then oh, stevie's performance yes please and so like if you're I, i'm assuming if people are listening they know this is not gonna be a spoiler so like yeah. warning there's gonna be spoilers probably because i just can't help myself but yeah that when she sings maybe this time there's yeah. this thing she does at the end when she kind of like gasps at the end and like puts her hands on her face the first time i saw that it was like it was such an ugly cry that started happening. Yeah. I was like, what is... And I just... That show, I it, like, it is... There's moments where Shit's Creek, I, it does that thing where you're, like, laughing and crying at the same time. Yeah, and you're like, exactly. What, what, like, um, oh, what was the... I just rewatched a scene, and there was a moment where... Oh, no, it was actually that scene, and it was... So, like, that all happens, and then it cuts to David in the audience being like, that's my friend. That's my friend. <laughs> and it's just, like, the juxtaposition and the timing yeah. of that... Oh God, it's that's so great. That was such. I mean, I know we're, we, you know, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about Stevie, but that moment yeah. was transcendent. Um, transcendent, yeah. like, yeah. like, oh, I just want more people to be talking about that moment. I think ultimately that's what I want, but I also it it reminds me of like the early the early years, the golden age of Drag Race when yes. it was like when it was ours, and that's that's a silly thing to say too because nothing is ever like yours or ours too. But there is this sense of it was better when it wasn't as mainstream and it is becoming more mainstream and we're happy for, you know, drag race and Shit's Creek to become more mainstream. But it's also like, you know, we were there, we were the OG people. It's, mm-hmm. uh, but that's complicated in its own right too, because I don't want to be snobby about it either. But, um, I do like that. Mm. There's sort of this underground fandom that is growing day by day really. And it's, it was recognized by the Emmys this year. And I, I hope it's going to be recognized next year. So, yeah, I hear what you mean. Yeah. I think I feel like it's this weird thing where we you because I feel this exact same way about Drag Race yeah. and about anything where it's like I feel that way about like the comeback, you know, where it's like, oh, I would love for more people to appreciate this show, but it feels good to be a part of uh, a, a group of people in whatever form yes. that do get it. And yeah. I think it's just like, and I, I know that it sounds like elitist, but I think it's actually like totally the opposite. I think it's just this like desire to be included. And yeah. to like be a part of something and to like, you know, identify with something and find other people who are like, oh, you get it too. Like, oh, like to me, that's how I find my people is like those little like things like, okay, if you get, like if you get what this is, like I brought up the comeback the very first night I met John and I think subconsciously, cause I was not looking for a boyfriend at the time. So it wasn't like I was testing people out like a, sure. okay, Cupid, you know, date. It was, you know, <laughs> but you know, we were just talking about like, Oh, what do you do? And like, you know, I talked about podcasting and I talked about, you know, talking about the comeback and I remember feeling like, okay, I mean like this is, you know, this is kind of like a way of figuring out if, if I'm on the same wavelength as somebody yeah. who's like, yeah, I know the comeback. And it was Ooh, like, okay, okay, yeah. great. Um, yes. And so, yeah, it's like it feels good to find that identification. And you want to, you know, more people to celebrate what you love. But then it gets diluted. And it, you know, like diluted. Not dil- Well, I guess it could get diluted as well. But yeah. um, it gets, you know, diluted down by just kind of like the dispersion into like 
a larger audience. Yeah, I'd rather have like quality and not quantity, I guess, mm -hmm. is, is the best. Like to have a, a small concentrated group of people, like you said, who get it. Like I feel the same way for like the movie Clue and I'm sure like... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those just those it's like everything that we work for or talk about in both of our podcasts. Completely. Those small, yeah. The, the the cult classics, the sort of micro moments and weird things that we love. And if we find another person that loves it, it's just it's great. Yeah, I know. I mean, in the details, sometimes I think I should be doing like maybe more relevant stuff. But it's like, no, I'm going to put out this like something that came out six or 16 or 30 years ago that nobody saw. And if one other person is like, oh, my God, I love that scene. Then I'm like, oh, that's what I did this for. Yeah. I mean, the Curtain Lady episode alone, oh. like the Coventry. Like if I was just stumbling along or if a friend recommended that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> Right, like that's like people who get the curtain lady, like that's yes, that so is the deepest of the deep. Yeah, because I feel like it sums up so much of what I think is funny and interesting. Yeah, ultimately, and yeah, humor is so. Go ahead, finish your thought. I'm no, sorry. no, exactly what you're saying. You, like you're that the humor thing and like getting the same jokes, it becomes indicative. It's kind of like. You know, talking about going out on a date with someone, it's like if somebody's rude to the waiter, it yeah. tells you pretty much everything you need to know about that person. Yeah. And exactly. I think sometimes the same way, like if you get those same little jokes and notes, it doesn't tell you everything, but it does tell you, okay, I think, I think we got, we got a live one here, you know? Yeah. And I think it's because it's such a specific brand and subset of humor because there are a lot of my friends really do love Schitt's Creek but they're like they don't they they uh, they love it and they appreciate it and I'm glad they're watching it too but there are I don't I don't think they they sort of you know sort through all of the details and stuff they might watch right. it and and maybe they do it and don't know how to articulate it and they just love it for what it is too which is great also too and mm -hmm. that's not uh, that sounds elitist of me as well too because i'm you know i'm not <laughs> i'm like i'm not smart um but i but i do know what i love and i do know what i respond to in regards to like humor and like the curtain lady like anyone who doesn't think that's funny to me is crazy because it's right. like you know, mom energy at its finest. It's it like is. it's like aunt energy on aunt to energy. Yeah. yeah, and and I think you know to to tangent on curtain lady. It's also that like you're not just watching this like ridiculous woman. She's so good at just coming up with stuff to sell these fucking curtains. She is improving like it's yeah. um it's making me think. There's so many things. I, I have to, I need to be making a list of like things I need to send you of like, <laughs> yes, oh, okay, please. well then you need to see this. Okay. Well then you need to yeah. see this. Cause then eventually we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. There is uh okay. I will do that today. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to set aside 20 minutes and make the list um, <laughs> of other like, um, tr yeah. Put a pin in this. Trust yeah, and believe. I have a I have a list of things that I think um, it's almost like a, on YouTube where like if suggested videos, if you like this, you should see this. as Oh a list. yeah. That's... Yeah. That's um, another wormhole is YouTube, really. Yeah. 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 But that's, I think, with the curtain lady is what I love is like that it's we're not making fun of her. We're kind of like by the end, I'm like in awe of her. Yeah. Kind of celebrating. Yeah. yeah like she, I, I, I love that the comments in the on the video were people who are like, oh, I find her so relaxing. And I just I could listen to her talk all day. And like, yeah. The crunchy bags, the yeah. ASMR of it all. It's yeah. great. Yeah. I think I think when people like when you see that kind of love for it, like I saw I watched this video of because, you know, I'm always doing this company rabbit hole. So I 
<laughs> it's like a weird guilty pleasure in a way. I love it. Though. I don't know I why I'm it. guilty about it, but yeah. um, it's these clips of Stephen Sondheim's teaching people to oh, sing. Oh, the master classes? Yes. yes. So the one of him teaching not, not getting, getting married, married today. today. Mm-hmm. And the comments are all like, oh, I just want someone to look at me the way Stephen Sondheim is looking at the girl singing <laughs> the Amy yes. part. And it's like down, one by one. And I was like, I didn't even read the comments before uh, until after watching. And I was like, okay, I was feeling the same thing yeah. the whole time. And yes. so that that same thing we were just talking about, of like feeling like you're a part of something, it's like, okay, you guys also all got the big daddy energy from Stephen Sondheim in this, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And it just, uh, it made me feel good. Yeah. Uh, I love it so much. Well, yeah. speaking of feeling good, shall we Shall we get into our, our BSAs of Schitt's Creek? Yes. I mean, it's it's yes. time. It's time. It's time. I feel like I want to have that little bump, bump sound effect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Um, Yes. Uh, Why don't you kick us off with our first? I mean, they're all winners, but our our first nominee. Yeah, really. Kind of. I mean, I I think it's important to mention this character um, because she is seemingly almost. Well, I'll I'll just say who it is first. The first character is Ronnie. Her last name is Lee. Ronnie Lee, which I Mm. never really knew, uh, but there's that. Uh, The actress who plays her is Karen Robinson. Um, I feel like at the beginning, she's almost like this, uh, she's there because she fills out the ensemble, but she's also kind of there to fill this like possible archetype as, Mm -hmm. you know, no nonsense, sort of masculine energy, sort of, sort of woman who's on the council and just is, is there, but we don't know a lot about her at first. It almost reminds me of like Donna Meagle in the first, maybe two seasons of Parks and Rec, you know what I mean? That's a good call. I was going to say, it's sort of like what happens with. Uh, a lot of the characters on the office but donna like Kelly, is a, yeah 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 donna's a great example yeah um where she's at the beginning she's not as fleshed out but she she finds her way into into that world you know she's mm-hmm. always in the world and we always see her but she has a few featured moments um i feel like the most featured she is is the episode where she does david and patrick's bathroom where they're having like the because she's taking her time and they're yes. getting annoyed with her mm-hmm. um, yeah that's what i was thinking of i i yeah. found there was these um wonderful compilations on youtube and the one for ronnie which is where i learned her name was ronnie lee had like some sort of you know youtube studio music in the background and tangent youtube compilations with or without music a moment of silence a moment of silence like i would say probably the best one of the best subject materials for um musical compilations on youtube has to be gray's anatomy Oh, yeah. I am telling you, like, put a little Snow Patrol and a little, like, oh, Derek and Meredith moments from the first couple seasons. And Season I am two, done. Is he? Oh, oh, you don't I get mean... to call me a whore. Yeah, I. <laughs> Choose me. Choose me. Pick me. <laughs> I mean. That's an era we can have a whole bonus oh. episode on, like, the first, like, the early seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Pre- oh, my God. Like uh, the ferry boat accident, everything before it too, because it really was yes a defining series for me in college. Like we would all watch it every week and just like sob, and it was it was such great writing and such great monologues and strong women and. I am so excited right now. <laughs> I can't even tell you. I'm like, oh my god, we get to do the BSAs of the early days oh. of Grace. <laughs> the BSAs of the early days We're of Grace. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so yes, and it's all pre ferry boat accident. Yes, it's all pre Meredith dying. Yeah, no. Yeah. After that, I'm like, I don't. 
there may be I don't remember what season it is, but there's the episode where Bailey, there's the guy that she was like she had the crush on in high school and she used to like do all his homework for him and everything to get him to like her. And then he ends up being a patient at the hospital and she kind of like falls back into that again. And at the end of the episode, you know, it doesn't, he doesn't fall in love with her or anything, but she and Derek are sitting in the waiting room and she has this great speech about being this like loser in high school. And she talks through tears in a, in a masterclass kind of way. And, and so we may have to include that even if it's post ferry, but it is Bailey's. Yeah, I don't know it. I don't oh, know that episode, I'll find it. I'll add that to I the need list. I know it. Yes. Yeah. The 20 minutes I set aside after recording this, that will be on the list. Yes. Um, and <laughs> okay. just so you can appreciate and you'll know after you see it the way she says oboe. Oboe. You'll see. I can't wait. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> You're going to die. It's going to be great. <laughs> the way she says oboe. That's great. <laughs> Um, I wanted to um, give Karen Robinson, who plays Ronnie, a, a little bit of just a... I thought it was cool. She um, actually won a Canadian Screen Award, which is, I, I feel like, their version of the Emmys. Any Canadian sure. uh, listener out there, feel free to chime in and correct me if I'm wrong. But she won for this, uh, I, as I'm assuming, a show called Mary Kills People. Um, but she won for oh. Best Guest Performance in a Drama Series. So she is a serious actress. Mm. Um, so it's funny that she uh, is in this show as well. But um, I just wanted to give her a little bit of, you know, prestige. Because Ronnie yeah. could easily be, you know, she's the first one we're going to talk about. She can easily be, uh, you know, pushed to the side. But yeah, yeah she she's pops no... up when we most need her, I feel. Yeah, she's yeah, no she's Linda Kozlowski. Her. She she er- earns her nomination. Yes. Um, she's no Cami Diaz, you know. Um, I know. Ugh. But, I, you know, it's good that you bring up that point because I was, I in my kind of YouTubing of Shit's Creek stuff, I watched this little clip of um, Alexis, uh, Stevie, and Twyla, you know, I, they're the actresses on the red carpet ugh. talking to somebody. And uh, Twyla, Sarah Levy, she was saying, you know, there's so much great, Canadian talent and Canadian content that stays in Canada and like it's important to kind of like recognize that and like appreciate that and I thought well that's probably very true is that there's there's probably so many BSAs the BSAs of Canada that I don't know about and it's like I've seen a couple Canadian things like there there are some Canadian Hall of Fame things on my list of BSA moments um there's a movie called Away From Her which I highly oh. recommend you see. I'll put that on the list as okay, well. Okay. Um, I have my own list for you. I'm oh, the yeah. Leon Rose. I think about it every night and how you're just missing out on the magic of Marion Cotillard. But Okay. So, yeah, I think we will <sighs> trade a, a, a Leon Rose for Away From Her because okay. the first time I saw Away From Her, I was like, I had to like go in another room because I couldn't stop crying <laughs> and I had to cry in a new room. And, and it's not like depressing. It's just like, I can't take it anymore. Like, yeah. this is too beautiful. And so... That was uh, college, though. So, you know, okay. who knew? it's still it's still very affecting. So anyway, all that fishing, uh, rowing back to um, I feel like and if there's anyone listening, what Canadian talent are we missing out on? Like, yeah, I, please I, tell I, us. Yeah. Like, what am I not seeing? Because it's just like, eh, hey, we'll stay up here. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, what is your relationship with Ronnie? What did you think of her? What do you think of her now? How has she evolved in your eyes? In the I, world of Shit's Creek, I I love that energy. I think that she is a great. Um, I really like. There's that the like the the episode about the roast, and there's a scene where it's oh, her, I was just gonna say it her and Bob and um, 
why do I always forget Eugene Levy's character's name? Johnny. 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 Yeah, I know. It's like I'm, I have to hear Moira say it. Um, John. Well, she yes. says Johnny. That's right. I guess yeah. it is John. It is but John. But Roland calls him Johnny, which is great. Like her energy in that scene, the way that she kind of, uh, the way that she plays off of Bob and she plays off of John, I think that's what she kind of brings to the show is that she plays off of people in really interesting notes. Yes. And she's the kind of person who like, if I were to meet her in real life, I would just want her to like me. Exactly. Yeah. She has that sort of ball busting attitude or Mm -hmm. just demeanor in the show too, but she seems like a lot of fun too. She's always the first gal to like order a cocktail, which Mm -hmm. I like. She's always kind of in that uh, frame of mind, which I also enjoy. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I love yeah. Ronnie. Yeah, I would always want like Ronnie's approval. That's how I would feel if yes. I was like in Ronnie's life. Um, I highly recommend. It's a nice little compendium of Ronnie moments on YouTube. I believe the YouTuber's name is like Jessica Milka or something. M I E L K E, <laughs> and she's got some nice Shit's Creek compilations, including a nice Ronnie one that that one has the music. And I was like, why am I getting emotional right now? Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> The music. Yeah, the music. Um, Ronnie's great. I'm so glad she's on the list. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. And I, I love the episode where they thought she was a lesbian and they were like, yes. Like, that, that was great. Is she a lesbian? Did they figure that out? <sighs> I, because I remember her and that woman sitting on the couch. Do they live together? I don't remember. Uh, that I mean, one's we... a, I only, <clears throat> to be fair, I only watched the series all the way through once. And there are certain episodes that I've watched twice because Keon was a little bit behind and I would mm-hmm. rewatch them, but that was not one of them. Mm, um, same. Listeners, let us know. Chime in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the season six comes out in January, so I'll probably just rewatch yeah. the whole thing again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a marathon, a Snowden marathon. Oh, oh God. Come on, weather. <laughs> Cooperate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, the next gal on our list, I mean, Twyla. Twy. Twyla, Twy. Now, this Ugh. is the one who, especially in the early seasons, she's kind of a ninja BSA because it's like there yes. are so many others that are so obvious and clear. And she, the way she plays things is, it's so subtle. Like, she's so subtle. It's so, it's such a smart way of playing, like, the ditzy waitress. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with the word ditzy because i don't think she's as ditzy as we we think she is but she is a little ditzy it's it's mm-hmm. like this um ditzy adjacent really it's like i don't yeah. know if there's a better word than like that kooky and aloof ditzy. a little bit but also on mm-hmm. top of it and has moments of like almost like being lucid i guess uh if we're uh, yeah if we're framing it that way but She's she reminiscent has, of uh, yeah. Betty White in The Golden Girls as Rose. Like, sure, I, yes. She does a lot of the same. Because Rose was the same way, where a lot of times you're like, Rose, I don't know what planet you're on. But she could be completely coherent in other moments. And like, I, I this to me is almost like a modern Rose Nyland. Yeah, that's an excellent comparison. Because you, you think of... Because every character has to react to the the roses you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they kind of take over the town and i think most of her interactions actually she sees everyone i'd say the person she sees the least is probably david yeah she sees johnny a lot she sees moira a lot she sees alexis a lot i mean alexis and twy at the counter i mean this just give me more of that yeah i could watch those scenes we get a whole episode it's just them together hey Hey, twy yeah (laughs) alexis just sipping like a strawberry milkshake you know it's just it's everything i want yeah yeah um yeah i twyla has this great line 
um, John and I, this is one of those quote all the timelines where uh, Alexis is learning to ride a bike and she says, well, um, my uh, my mom's boyfriend had a saying, you know, the way, the way he taught me was, uh, he used to say, you know, you just put one foot on the ground and one foot on the pedal and just get the hell out of here. <laughs> She does have, yeah, that's, it's so Rose Nyland too. It really is. Yeah, she just, it's so great. But then at the end of season five, she has that great moment with Alexis where she kind of, she says, oh, you know, I pulled like the the 10 of cups card or whatever. And she like tells Alexis, like, I think you're on the right path. I think you're okay. And it's like, she'll have those moments where it's about like emotional intelligence. And she seems Mm -hmm. to have that, even if she's not always like totally clued into reality. Yeah, exactly. Twyla. And it's worth noting, obviously, that she is um, Eugene Levy's daughter and Dan Levy's sister. And, yeah. Um, and she's, yeah, I I love that role. I feel like Twyla, we see a lot more of her in the earlier seasons, and she's a lot more ridiculous. And then she kind of settles into this kind of more, like, lived-in, um, she's less wackadoo moments, I think. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about in, maybe it's season four, I don't know. Like, I, there's, well, there's the scene where they're where David and Patrick have the date, and she like brings over the mozzarella sticks, and she's like, um, "Oh yeah, these don't travel well." <laughs> like, even from here to the kitchen, they lost a lot of shape. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's um, like, it, it's like she's almost in on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, I love yeah, I love Twyla. Yeah, Twy. Um. All right. I guess next we're we're getting to the the heavy hitters here. Yeah. We have uh, Jocelyn Shit. I always oh. forget her last that she's a shit. She's but, a shit. Uh, yeah. Jocelyn is an under-celebrated BSA yes, yes. of Shit's Creek. I mean, it's tough because Catherine O'Hara, Annie Murphy, obviously we'll talk about them, but like they're doing such great work that it's almost like, okay, but Jocelyn yeah. is brilliant. Exactly. It's like she's almost like the straight man to Catherine O'Hara, which is like a thankless job, but mm-hmm. she is still nailing individual moments as well too alongside of her they're not as broad mm-hmm. but she's still getting work done and like i, I the mm-hmm. obvious episode is like the the not the vegas episode but when they go to the what are they where do they go uh, when they go to the casino yeah, when the she casino. has like the night out when she gets yes. her hair done oh and... her hair oh god jocelyn she plays the straight man to Moira, but the way that she does it, it's like there's always that tense smile on her face. Oh, the passive. She's smiling through the passive aggression is what I said. It's yeah. Like the yeah. passive aggressiveness, I guess, uh, because she wants to lash out, but she's too dang nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, Moira, maybe we shouldn't. You know, she has that mm-hmm. sweet sing-songy. And if she were a different person, maybe she would stand up to her. But And sometimes she does, but it takes a lot. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, I I'm thinking about in the very last episode of season five when Stevie finally shows up and she and David are having a moment and Jocelyn's trying to like wrangle everybody up to you know go on stage and she says um, something along the, and it, like the, her delivery and like the script is obviously so perfect but she says something about like um, uh, I really want to ask her can you hold up can you hold us up any longer but I just hate asking passive aggressive questions so come on or something like that where she kind yeah. of you know that she wants to be like, can you take any longer? But she just can't do it. And that tension, I think, is really interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting just the plot point of her having a baby. I think that's such an interesting choice because she is, I mean, I think she's like, what, 
42. I don't know. Maybe, I'm just throwing yeah. out this like magic number too. But like, but I love her and, you know, Roland together. I think it's, uh, that's yeah. a great match. Roly. Roly. I mean, they're almost Rolly. like a, like a Christopher Guest pair. Like I could see them being Ooh, like yeah. playing a scene. Like I, I think I could see them both improving very like, or even their scenes being improvised, you know, like yeah. she, she plays off of him really well, where even when he's being ridiculous, she's not just relegated to being like, uh, Roland, don't do that. Like she's not equally ridiculous, but ridiculous enough where you're like, okay, I get why they're married. Yeah, she's not, exactly. She's not just tolerating Roland. And I think that's an interesting like nuance that you usually don't see. Yeah, I think so too. It's, um, there's still love there. It's mm-hmm. not, which is cute. And you don't see it so often because often they're just kind of not together too. But when they are, it's really sweet to see in a sort of weird way. Yeah, they're like very happy together. It's very, yeah. like they're very compatible. And I think um, the choice to give these ridiculous characters who like, you know, in, in season one, there's this very like sort of, they're very broad, you know? Yeah. And I think they, you know, at least in the first few episodes, but then I think they kind of like settle in where it's like, okay, well, they're very broad and their last name is shit, but like they're probably the happiest couple we're seeing in this show. That's true. I wonder what Jocelyn was like before Moira Rose entered her life. You know, what was her role mm. in the town? What was her role in the Jazza Gals? I feel like a lot of their, that has just been sort of replaced by Moira, Moira, which is why there is that pet, like, well, you're kind of, you know, okay, you want to be in the Jazza Gals? Because they do keep it from her for a while, I think. Yeah, 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 because Specifically I think Specifically Jocelyn. Yeah, she was kind of like the strongest energy. Like, she led the Jazza Gals. She's a teacher. Wasn't she a teacher at the school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like... In some ways, like Jocelyn was like she's, she's also like not an idiot. She is like I, I like that about Jocelyn yes. is that she's actually smart. Like she's yeah. she's smarter than Roland. Um, she has moments where yes, yeah, she's the more logical one in the room, and I think and yet she's you know, uh, looking you know ridiculous. And I think that juxtaposition is great that she looks like an idiot, but she's not. Yeah, the, with the hair and just the sweatshirts and mm-hmm. being a mom, I guess mm-hmm. uh, it, it yeah. all works. It's this perfect storm to make Jocelyn. I love how Moira said, Jocelyn, why would you not tell me a train chanteuse about the Jazza Gals? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Oh, Jocelyn. Yeah. That's great. So great. Um, and I think next on the list, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. is Stevie? Yes. yes. These, are, these yes. are the real heavy hitters. These are the top three gals yeah. of Shit's Creek. And, you know, I would say that it took a while for me. Now, I mean, I always liked Stevie, and I figured out early on, like, okay, she's she's something different. She's a, she's her own energy. Like, I see that she's going to be kind of an outlier in, uh, in Shit's Creek. Um, mm-hmm. But... I think, like, season five in particular, like, I just love, like, how her character emerged and developed into, like, a more fully realized person. Yeah. I think that my favorite, if you want to call it, like, era of Stevie is really season one. And 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 now I think there's, like, these bookends on the season. And not to say, not to say she wasn't doing great work. But there's like this, you know, in between, but there's like this, you know, that sort of weird, I'll call it like the Robert California years when she's like just with Johnny all the time and they're fixing up the hotel and it's mm-hmm. Roland and her and him. And it's still relevant and she's still doing good stuff. But like, I really love like David 
like just sparring with her at the front desk. I could watch that all day. Yeah, yeah. And I like uh, the dynamic between like Stevie, David, and Patrick. I think that gives her character like a new, like someone that she can also kind of show a different side with. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorites when David has to go somewhere and he's like, oh, so you're just going to stay here and just, you know, talk about me as soon as I leave. And they're like, yep. Yep. And yeah. it's just like this, uh, I don't know, they're just pals. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very realistic. Cute. I kind of feel like that it happens is. in relationships where it's like, oh, yeah. You introduce someone to like a good friend of yours and then they hit it off. And then suddenly it's like, oh, are you two like the new best friends? Now, like that just happened where like I introduced John to my friend Angela and then they had like seven things that they both knew, <gasps> references Ooh. they knew. And I was like, I don't get that reference. And yeah. so it was, but I mean, it was great. Like it's what you sure. want to happen. But so I like, I love that because it's very realistic. And I think it's sort of like in the real world, it's like, oh good, there's like a bonding happening. This is what you want to see happen, you know? Yeah. Um, I think one of my, I think this is in season five, maybe or season four. I, I I call it like the honeymoon episode, where David finds out about Patrick having like a girlfriend or fiance or something, mm-hmm. and then Stevie just got like, uh, you know, I'll just say for lack of spoiler, like a uh, trouble with a man she was seeing, and then they yes. both she took him to this hotel and I don't know. It was kind of like a reconnection for me that I really desperately needed to get back to home base with the two of them mm-hmm. um, to just kind of check in, I guess, because they, they were kind of not seeing each other as much or they would be in specific scenes or, you know, it's good. And they're best friends, which is great. And I, I think yeah. during that episode, he's like, I think you're my best friend. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I love like the softness of their relationship or when it gets soft um, or at least when they like they get each other I think when there was like the sexual tension and they slept with each other it's like I get doing that and kind of like having that surprise plot point but I don't know I I think I would have been fine with it not happening because I just I liked that they could just have a friendship yeah I same I, I remember being not upset because like who am I I didn't write the show. Yeah, I'm I know, just right? enjoying it as a viewer, but everyone, everyone's a critic, I guess. Yeah. Um, that uh, it just changed their dynamic so much so quickly that I was like, no, go back. I need, I, uh, but I also know that that was the sort of, um, you know, it was, it was to show the process of like David's, to show us David's sexual identity, I guess. Like mm-hmm. they had the wine scene, which is great. Like, um, I, I maybe that was, it's purely served that purpose, but, they they both sort of recovered from it like fully, so it's 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 fine. But it did take a while, and that, uh, it was a kind of detour that I don't know if I really needed, but fine. What am yeah, I- well, I think at the end of season five, they kind of were playing this kind of red herring that she was really upset about David getting engaged. And yeah, that, you know, and it was like that was you know that wasn't it at all. It was you know it was kind of more of like wow, everyone else is kind of moving on, but me. Uh, and I don't know, I. I was really relieved that that's not where it went and then it could Same. just be like, no, like I, like, I think it's almost like a Bechdel test kind of thing of like, could Stevie's storyline be about something other than a man, you yeah. know? And it is, it's about her own self. And I think that that, that scene between her and Moira, it's like, what's so great about it is yeah. A, it's not about a man. It's not about being with somebody. It's not about like finding someone like it's so much more about just like figuring out who the hell you are and like what, what makes you great, you know? And I think um, I like that about Stevie. I like that that's where her character is going is kind of like 
they're earning that storyline of the rebel of Shit's Creek in a very human way versus this like tough Daria kind of like apathetic tone. Like we're, we're seeing like really the humanity of Stevie. Yeah. And it's been, it's been so great to watch it really because where she was, because like, honestly, like the roses changed her life and that's Mm going to be wherever the series ends up. I, I, I just want a, I want like Stevie to give a speech at David's wedding, you know, yes. that's, that's like ultimately what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I hope yeah. that she's like his best person. If that makes oh, sense. I think that's, I think that's a guarantee. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that totally going to happen. I, um, I mean, we mentioned it before, but just like her getting to that like climactic moment of maybe this time was, <sighs> I, it was just like, it was like watching and I felt like Moira peeking around the curtain with like, you know, proud, tearful eyes because she just, <laughs> It, like that that just like summed up everything about Stevie and seeing her come alive like that and just like start belting it out like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, I think the way that David was like watching her proudly in the audience. Yeah. It and was Ted just with this program. Okay. Can I, thank you. Can I just, st- okay. Um, uh, halt, can, halt the process. Halt. Yes. I don't understand why Ted is sitting there holding the program like that. It ruins the scene for me <laughs> with that stupid look on his face. It's like, like, I feel uh-huh. like if I was, like, if I was with Ted, I'd be like, stop it. Put the program down. Stop it. Like, I guess it was, like, an acting choice to, like, that it, it stopped him dead in his tracks and he couldn't believe he was watching it. And he just forgot to put his hands down. But I get it. I get it. It, it is a little strange. It's for so long. And he's holding it in this, like, weird way of, like, ha, huh, I'm holding a program. Ha. <laughs> huh. It's just so, uh, I love Ted. I think Ted's I think he's a great, I mean, I love Ted, but Same. Same. that moment I was like, enough, Ted, enough. You're like, I-, I love you, but I don't have to like you in this moment. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yes, Stevie, uh, I, um, I, I grew to love her. And now I'm like, oh, I just can't wait to see her again in season six. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I just think that she has this newfound energy and hopefully confidence and to see how that manifests in yeah the last season yeah i can't wait uh well i think we have gotten to the 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 heavy hitters the the heaviest of hitters the greatest contenders uh for the award i would say we should probably start with uh alexis a little bit of alexis Alexis, comma, I'm a little. I'm a bit. little. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little bit. bit. I'm a little bit. I mean, I need a t-shirt or a tote that says that. I know there are stickers out there. Uh, P.S. Don't ever, ever look up like Shit's Creek merch because you will buy everything. Oh. You will want to buy. Like they have keys for like the Rosebud Hotel, like the little mm-hmm. uh, keychain to, you know, we bought a friend of ours for her birthday a rose apothecary tote bag from oh, like that's the, so the great. in the store. It's it's great. There it's like mm. endless amounts of things. Um but uh, anyways. uh yeah. Uh I, yes, I hear that. I feel like with the holiday season coming, um yeah, that's uh that's a that's a good PSA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, for any Shits Creek lover out there. Yeah. Um I I have obviously did an episode about her yeah. and the details. I it is it bears repeating regularly more than once a day that Annie Murphy as Alexis Rose is running away with this show. She is yeah. she is next level brilliant. 
as Alexis. I normally don't love the like prissy sister role, but she has it, that doesn't I mean that barely scratches the surface of of what Alexis is in this show. Yeah. It's it's like one of those moments, right, that I keep talking about where like you you have so much to say and mm-hmm. then you don't know what to say, but I I to start I want to talk about um the Canadian Screen Awards again too. She was nominated 3 times um mm. for um 2018 and 2019 she was nominated for lead actress in a comedy um and then there's this like interesting category name back in 2016 she was nominated for best performance by an actress in a continuing continuing leading com wow let me let me say that over again sure best performance by an actress in a continuing leading comedic role which is such interesting phrasing maybe that's like the best supporting uh, continuing leading like that's an continuing interesting continuing leading comedic role i don't know why i can't say continuing but um which is interesting because uh we'll get to Catherine o'hara in a bit but basically Catherine o'hara beat her out like every year because oh, they wow. were both up for leading which is interesting because i think yeah she could be put in that category but like she's she's just a, a bsa it's a BSA role. It it's really a is. BSA it's the Jenna role. Maroney, you know, it's mm-hmm. the, it's, uh, you know. That's a good comparison, Jenna Maroney. I feel like that's that's a great comparison. I think Annie Murphy, like, finds, like, so many more, like, nuances in her performance, but it's the same, like, at it looks like one thing at first, and then you dig a little deeper, and you're like, oh, there's, like, a whole world. Like, with Jenna Maroney, I feel like the the perfect example of that was like the last season of 30 rock where she makes a joke about Mickey Rourke and then she stops and she's like, I'm sorry, I've never met Mickey Rourke. I like, I don't know why I said that. Like she just breaks it. And it's like, yes. this is the essence of Jenna Maroney. Oh, I mean, what am I, I think that Jenna Maroney and Alexis are two of my, they're in my top three of like best comedic performance. Like it, it still boggles my mind that, um, Oh my gosh, uh, Jane Krakowski had, yeah. did not win an Emmy for that. It's yeah. crazy to me. It's so stupid. It's, it's like nuts. Julie Bowen from Modern Family stealing her Emmys away. I'm, right? Oh. Like what? What genius work is Julie Bowen doing on Modern Family to the extent that you know? It's kind of like we've said it before. We'll say it again. But Jim Parsons' Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I get it. But is it really that much better than Steve Carell? In the office. Is it really? Really? Yeah. No. Um, We'll never know. We'll never know. Back to Annie. Back to Alexis. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think with her, it's like, I mean, to me, it's like watching Lisa Kudrow do Valerie Cherish. There's like seven things going on at once constantly. And it's these informed gestures, the way she plays with her hair, the way she'll kind of like turn a shoulder a certain way, like these little inflections. Like I was just watching the episode where... Um, Johnny gets um, Stevie the like box of makeup oh, and then Stevie yes. goes to Alexis to ask her advice and Stevie and Alexis is says, she says so here's the thing you need to know about my dad he's the cutest little guy but and like the way she does it he's the cutest yeah. little guy I that I was like that moment for some reason I was like just zooming in on that because she does that often and I'm like are those little like you know, oh, like when she'll do like, oh, isn't that just like the cutest little thing? Um, yes. Is it scripted or is she just kind of, you know what I mean? It's just so perfect and like weird. And like who would think of that beforehand and say, oh, I'm going to have her say this, you know? Yeah. And maybe she'll like reach out and like mm-hmm. kind of wink a little bit as she say it, as she says it on the table, yeah. the hands, the arms fully extended. Yep. Um, yep. It is. 
uh, you know, the comedic, uh, sorry, the the way she moves her body, I think is really important to Alexis as well. But mm-hmm. I think at the beginning of the show, maybe besides Moira, like Alexis is like the least prone to change or adapt to Shit's mm-hmm. Creek. And I think in maybe the kind of what you felt at first too, it was like, oh, she's the prissy sister and I'm not going to be invested in you as much as I maybe want to or should be. But um, but she still kind of goes along for the ride. Like I think she, I think Alexis at the beginning thinks that that it is just temporary because she doesn't. She's not a good person. She breaks up with Ted like the day after he proposes to her. Yeah. He also like she is a home wrecker. She like breaks up Twyla's relationship with Mutt because for whatever reason, mainly physical, I would say. But like they mm-hmm. kind of get to know each other, picking up trash. Um, right. It's like we should. It's like I, I feel like you've said this before too. But like we shouldn't like her. But we do. Um, yeah, that's, that's hard to even in those earlier seasons where she is a little bit more reckless, I guess, um, with the people around her. But then it's like I think every person in Shit's Creek, I think we talked about this possibly, too, is like has that moment of like it's like Johnny sticking up for Roland at the um, at the, the dinner when mm-hmm. those like two or. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite Alexis episodes is when... It's not my favorite episode, but it's, like, my favorite Alexis moment. Like, top five, for sure, is when that California group of gals comes to Schitt's Creek. I just watched that. I just watched that. First of all, that actress who plays, like, the California girl, she is Mm -hmm. so good. Perfect. I, like, know... I know who that is. That, like... Looks like, sounds like, acts like an old coworker. I was like, this is spot She's on. She's like, babe, I'll totally get you a job. Like, let's get out of here. Like, there's right. no, there are no stakes ever. Yeah. When she says to Twyla, I'm the worst. Like, about the, when she's like, can I get, a, like, a mug of, like, hot water, but then, like, let it sit, and like, or let it let it cool? I just need to know that it was hot at one point. Thanks. I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that scene. Oh, God. I just, I love watching Alexis, like, navigate do i be old me or new me you know yeah and just like when she first sees her the sort of face journey she goes on because like she can't hide no she's like in there and she's like uh she has no time to prep yeah and the constant playing with the ear or her hair like she just the she has such informed like hairography like different things she does playing with her hair signals different things and i feel like that that's I don't know how she does that I just don't it's like does she does she just like sink into this character and then these things just kind of come out like is she Meryl Streep is she planning the moment you know I have no idea but I it's so enjoyable and satisfying too it's like but going back to just her her journey too like she is this quote-unquote she's making bad choices I would say Mm -hmm. but then eventually she goes back to school and then she goes to college and then she fixes her relationship with Ted and then she starts her own PR firm. And then she also like organizes couples week. There's so Mm -hmm. much good that she's doing because of it's like the town is changing her for good rather than bad, which we, I guess like when you first watch the show or you, you don't see that coming, but it just sort of happens and you are so happy to see it. I'm so so proud to see it. So proud to see it. And they earn it. Like, it doesn't feel, like, out of character. Like, it takes a while for this evolution yeah, to happen. they take their time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think about the scene when she's teaching David how to drive. Oh, and she has that moment stop, where she's like, stop. David, nobody cares. Nobody cares, David. And she says, you know, like, I walk around the world. I walk through the world in, like, you know, great shoes. And, like, or whatever that line is. But you just realize 
kind of like Jen Maroney, that she's in on what she's doing. Yeah. And she's she's like, yeah, I live a ridiculous life. That's the life I chose. <sighs> that moment is like a top three moment for me. For Alexis, I, I just, I really, I've heard that been said by thousands of people too, but to hear it coming from Alexis, like no one cares. Like this, like when she's just breaking it down, it's just like a good tool for anxiety too. Like as far as like, yeah. let's like break down what you're actually thinking about and look at it from this perspective too, which mm-hmm. is harder in some situations, of course. But David is so riddled with the fact that he's going to fail the test He's going to be humiliated. There's going to be shame. And she's just like, "Mm, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's (laughs) looking at you. Yeah. 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 No one, no one cares about you Mm -hmm. as much as they, that you think they are, that you think they do. Excuse me. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's very liberating. It's like, I feel like the show like earned my trust. I'm like anything Alexis says, I'm going to buy at this point. So yeah. Yeah. And just her relationship with Ted. Like, I love that she realized that he, was probably the best thing that could ever happen to her. Mm-hmm. And th- that, that the road back is really fun to watch. It's very Jim and Pam almost, but not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different tracks, but they're, but they're both going in the same direction too, as far as, um, yeah. and Ted's adorable. And, uh, you know, the, Ted's so cute. Scene, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that scene, the, the Mr. Bagel scene, I'm just obsessed with because like that is just, she is, she is on such a journey and, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's great. I I feel like whenever Shits Creeks Shits Creeks Shits Creek ends, I'm like, well, okay, what is she doing next? Where do I watch her next? What is she in? Yeah. What? How else do I see more of her? Yeah, I do love when she's running Couples Week and she has to start making the um the formal announcements, you know, because um Moira's in the car with Jocelyn on mm-hmm. the way to the hospital, and she made Jocelyn drive to the hospital. That's always my favorite. <laughs> Um, she was like, she doesn't have the PR training. She's like, ooh, that little frippet. She calls her a frippet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Uh, I mean, I think that is bringing us to, of course, our yeah. final nominee oh, of please. the evening. One Miss Catherine O'Hara as Moira Rose. <sighs> it's just... I, yeah. I feel like it's the performance that anybody who watches this show is just like, is anybody listening? Is anybody watching? Yeah. Uh, what, what's happening here? It's, I think that this will be like a character that after the show is over and once the show is kind of galvanized as like this cult thing that you go back and watch and discover, she, Moira Rose will emerge as like, oh, what, what were we doing? What, how did we miss this? You know? Yeah. It's like Kramer on Seinfeld mm-hmm. or like... Uh, not the same character, of course, but like as far as who you think and who sticks with you the most in that show, um, it's, it's just, just like indelible. what a great time to be alive. <laughs> what a great time to be alive. I mean, I that we get to see this happen. Yeah, we get to see this happen, and that there's more coming. That like, I mean, there's my life before and after. She had the line reading of like, I know what you're doing, trying to break me down, like Stanley did to Shelley. <laughs> Just like Stanley did the Shelley. Shelley. I mean, I just. So great. That is, I mean, that may be potentially my favorite Moira moment because it's just so stupid and so specific. And she straightens up. She's like, I see what you're doing. doing. And now she holds it afterwards with a dumb look on her face. Yeah, with the mouth open. With the mouth open and the the heavy, heavy done eyes. It's (sighs) just. Oh, my God. Moira. You know. She is, I think that the scene that she has with, 
to go back to that scene, you know, with Stevie at the end of season five, because so much can be said about the like ridiculousness of Moira. And I think the final moment of season five, when that we we should, I would love to talk about. Um, But when she's having that pep talk with Stevie and she's like, you know, I could tell you all these different things, but like use it, you know, and she's like, use this pain, use these feelings. And then when like, she has like, this speech that you think, okay, it's not going to be emotional. It's not going to be like sentimental. But then when she brings it around at the end, and again, I know the script of writing is a large part of this, but the way that she navigates to that, that um, sentiment of like, no matter what happens to you, like you're going to be fine. She's like, you are cool. The way that like when she tells Stevie yeah. she's cool, I, I just, I think, and it's like a genuine moment. And I think that's what's so exciting about Moira. And it's been the running theme is that like underneath the wigs and the makeup and the and the accent and the word choice and the bebe and all of that bebe. is this like totally present woman. Yeah. I just, ugh, I love her. And I love that scene at the end of season five when she's on the floor and she's like, it's over. The crows have been yeah. shelved. And like, it feels so real and yet it's like oh this stupid movie she's in is not getting released but it means so much to her and about her i know i know i also love when she gives stevie the script i think that that's such a great moment when she goes to stevie's apartment like fresh after her you know uh what's the guy's name amir oh amir yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. um and then she takes the bottle of wine back. She's like, oh, I see you have one open already. I'll just take this back. <laughs> that scene is great. I love that it's scene. It's the perfect little button on the end of that, too. But she's yep. like, I also know a girl who has heartache and a lot, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff, too. But there is a sort of... She's like, I don't know why I didn't think of it until now. And But there is a, a certain amount of trust that she places in Stevie, whether Stevie kind of knows it or wants it at the mm-hmm. moment, too. But... Um, cause that is a big deal uh, because they couldn't find a Sally Bowles. They just no. couldn't. And like, I don't think I was even thinking of it either. Um, until, cause it's yeah. the last person you think would ever get in front of a group of people to say anything, let alone sing and like be the lead. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like watching the episode. I feel like I felt telegraphed or if like I saw that coming, I don't think I did. Um, but it's like. I think putting that lens on Stevie was like a great way to like give her that story and like give her yep. a story. Yeah. Um, I love the, the relationship with Stevie, like what that brings out in Moira and like the side of Moira that we see, because it's like, she uh, like, we, I think like the way that we see the way that she and John love each other, like there's such like a deep, like love and need for each other. Yep. I feel like we see this, like the heart of Moira Rose. But I think then with Stevie, we see it's almost like she's able to finally like be a good mother. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, Like we see like a maternal quality there that it's like, okay, this lady is, she's not just like a pill popping washed up actress. Yeah. There is warmth. I love that there, because they sort of went down this track for a little bit, but I like that it's not so heavy handed. I think of like Lucille Bluth and um, uh, Portia de Rossi. Oh um, yeah, like Lindsay. their relationship is like as far as like she's always kind of cutting her down and like ignores her. But there is that episode where Moira has to go to lunch with um, Alexis, and she's like, and she always kind of prefers David a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it, but they don't stress it. It's just kind of maybe it serves that purpose for the one episode too. But um, 
I don't I know where that, I'm... Go ahead, yeah. No, 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 I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think there is that dynamic with the family because Alexis says something like that at the end of season five where she says um, that she's, like, worried about, like, leaving... I don't remember who she's telling this to, but she's, like, she's worried about leaving because sometimes, like, David and Moira will, like, team up on on John. Oh, yeah, And she's, like, yeah. she's and she, like, needs to kind of be there to kind of balance that out. And yeah. And I think that that's such an interesting nuance to the rose family is that they do have dynamics even with with each other that are specific yes you know like moira has a very specific relationship with david that works more organically than it does with alexis like she and david are more similar yes um and like i don't know if it's interesting to think are alexis and johnny similar um but i think that she i think alexis is more like, or at least develops, like, more patience with Johnny. and Or maybe she, like, has to find more allegiance with him, or she has to be on his side more because she's not on Moira's side as much, you Yeah, know? that she doesn't have anyone, yeah. I I feel that that is the natural pairing, like, Johnny mm-hmm. and, uh, and Alexis, and then Moira and David. Yeah. Um, which is also fun to just think about and talk about. Oh, it's, it's, it's I love so it. wonderful. Um, I just wanted to mention real quick, too, I, I mentioned it with, Ale- uh, with Annie Murphy, too, but... Uh, Catherine O'Hara, she's been cleaning up at, uh, at the awards ceremonies. At the awards, what is? What's your favorite season? Hmm. Awards, awards. That's. I mean, that is. Yeah. I guess I think that I should have been screamed when I saw that line. I was like, <laughs> that should have been one of our intro lines. Yeah, <laughs> and my favorite oh my season God. is awards. I know. Go back and do it again. I know. Redo. <laughs> um, she does. Um, I just want to mention too, as far as American awards, she does have one primetime Emmy for outstanding writing in a variety or music program for SCTV. And that was back in 1982. Wow. Wow. And she shared it with like some incredible, like John Candy and Martin mm-hmm. Short and Andrea, like all in all those SCTV legends that we all know well. Um, and that's yeah. her only primetime Emmy, which is crazy. But, um, you know, wow. hopefully yeah. there'll be another one coming up. I, I, I just flea bags out of the way. Julia mm-hmm. Louis-Dreyfus is out of the way. Let's... It's true. Yeah, that's true. I feel like those those juggernauts. Yeah, that's a good question. Is like, because I, I side note, I finally finished the last couple episodes of Fleabag. Okay, um, good, took good. me a minute, but sure. I I appreciated it. I, I yeah. very much appreciated it. Um, and the sister is great. And yes, she great. has this moment when Fleabag, you know, when she realizes that she slept with the priest. That scene in the park, and the sister just has this reaction that is, I was like, this is. This is why she's getting nominated. Like this, this moment is perfect. Yeah, this is she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, yeah, who who else is kind of the TV, you know, juggernaut right now in terms of female comedy? Who Catherine O'Hara is going to be competing with? Who's yeah. left? Oh, it's such a good question. I'm I'm almost tempted to kind of look at the nominees from last year as we talk, but yeah. I I don't know. Um... It's like I'm thinking of all these Netflix shows that I don't know about or Amazon shows I don't know about. Like who – yeah, what, what's the new like lady performance to be? Yeah, I I mean I'm hoping that the reason I'm blanking is because there's room for Catherine O'Hara to take that yeah. spot. But I, yeah. I think it's just my own you – know. I'm putting you on the spot here because I have no idea. I'm, I'm trying to think now and I'm drawing a total blank of like – and hopefully listeners can help us out or who they think is – the lady performance to beat. 
Yeah, who is it? My goodness. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking that up on the Wikipedia page real quick here for, uh, just yeah. to kind of see. Oh, it goes all oh the way is, back it, to is it Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Is it that? I'd say that that's probably the, the front runner. I'm looking at it now, too. Yeah. I, I, I think that... Um, okay, so we had... Uh, Christina Applegate for Dead to Me. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh-huh. This is just last year. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan for Mrs. Maisel. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is Out of the Running. Natasha mm-hmm. Leone for Russian Doll. And I think that's coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't I, see that. I did not know that show, actually. So, yeah. I mean, in just years prior, we have... Um, there's Alice and Janney for Mom, of course. Oh, sure. Yeah. Issa Rae for Insecure. Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Lily Tomlin pops in there every once in a while. Yeah, Grace and Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it could be Catherine's year. I mean, just it could be. Let's put that energy out there. Yeah. So 2020. 2020. O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. O'Hara. Yeah. O'Hara Murphy 2020. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the ticket that I. Yeah. That um, is the ticket. That is the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and just to kind of continue that awards conversation, mm. she has won the Canadian Screen Award for the last four years in a row for lead actress in a comedy, and also two two years for lead actress, and then two years for that weird actress in a continuing leading comedic role. Who they knows? Must what that have means. like revised it. They maybe one of it was like guest lead guest. That's what comedic. I'm. I don't yeah. know. Or maybe, you know, limited series versus continued running series. Who knows? Possibly. But either way, she's winning awards. The Canadians, yet again, are doing the Lord's work up there and yeah. honoring yeah. Catherine the way that we should be here in the you, States. You yeah. know what we should do sometime is we should do um, an episode where we talk about, like, winners of, like, whatever the Canadian Oscars are, you know? Oh, yeah. What whatever equivalent there is, yeah, of, like, Canadian Film Awards. Um, or, you know, or the, whatever, some sort of BSA, Canadian BSA um, review. And yeah. maybe, I mean, that might be some more research of who are the, yeah, who are the, the BSAs of Canada? Yeah, maybe we'll have to consult Best Supporting Actress, Amanda Kaczynski. Yeah. We may, oh, oh, it has been sitting here in the front of my face the whole time. <laughs> the... <laughs> Who is the Canadian BSA but Best Supporting Actress, Amanda Kaczynski? (laughs) I don't know how I... She's screaming at her phone right now. She's like, hello. (laughs) Walter's barking. How am I missing this? Oh, that's the answer. There it is. All right. Let me resolve that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, Do you have any closing comments on on Catherine before we move on to our, our... our other BSAs here are sort of honorary male Oh, our BSAs. honoraries, yes. Um, uh, just that I think that she is, yes, I think that the idea of like a Kramer or like some kind of iconic character that just emerges from the pack, I, yeah. I totally agree that she kind of would easily become like a figurehead of Schitt's Creek in terms yeah. of like what you remember, who's in the thumbnail, things like that. Yeah, like the Halloween costumes alone. Like everyone oh. wants to be Catherine or Moira Rose for Halloween too. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, that's such a, oh, that's such a great idea. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, great. except the look changes so many times. I guess you'd have to like, I know you one. can honestly wear whatever you want. Just yeah. a crazy wig and some feathers. Yeah, yeah. And and if it doesn't really work, just be like, ah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just somebody's aunt, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is also a win for anyone. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, well, obviously, before we we go, we do want to mention a couple of best supporting actors. 
Yeah. Um, I believe, because I think that's our total list of BSA yeah. actresses. But it bears mentioning a couple of Best Supporting Actors. I know for me, and I think he actually won one of those Canadian Screen Awards, oh, yeah. is Bob. Ugh, Bob. I think Bob, there's, Bob. there's a video on YouTube. It's like inside Bob's garage, and it's like just two minutes of just Bob. Oh and I God. think this is kind of like what you and I and uh, BSA Amanda Kaczynski talked about in terms of having like a list of things that just bring you joy or just like, you know, like office mm-hmm. bloopers or whatever. Yes. And yes. to me, like anything with Bob and like this clip in particular will, it will bring me out of the, the darkest cave of despair. He is, <laughs> I don't know what it is about him. And I think he's an original SCTV performer as well. Oh, okay. Got it. Don't know what it is about him, but he is, I think my favorite Bob moment is when he's talking to Johnny about the, like opening a bagel shop and he's like afraid of saying yes. Jewish and he's like, you people love your bagels. And he's just like so afraid of saying Jewish. And I just, it, that scene, that like minute of, of performance is, is one of my favorite, like top five favorite moments from Shit's Creek. He's like, <sighs> I just, uh, what's the one you can't say? Like, I just like, <laughs> yes. And the he's, hands. Just mm-hmm. running in with those swinging arms. Just oh, the swinging right. arms. Yeah. Uh, Bob. I think Bob is, uh, he it, he is, I love him as, as much as I would a female character. Yeah. He's yeah. he's just as good as a, a sort mm-hmm. of a Ronnie or a Twyla. He's totally. Just, he's right up there. Yeah. Anytime he's on screen, like I'm watching, because like there's so many little like notes that he hits and choices he makes and like the way he like laughs at the things he while he's saying things like I'm sort of fascinated by his acting choices. I need to know. I need like a spinoff series with him and his wife, the one who he's always on the phone with, and like she's like such a a ball buster, but he just kind of laughs mm-hmm. at her. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, a Bob's Garage web series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with yeah. Bob's wife. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking up on IMDb right now. He was nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Featured Supporting Role or Guest Role for Schitt's Creek in 2017. I'll take it. A nomination is recognition. Exactly. And there's these, I I keep seeing them pop up with uh, these Canadian, the Gemini Awards. I wonder, I don't know if that's the Oscars. Help us out, Canadian listeners. Yeah, it might be. I think that might be, because I know like the Juno Awards are like the the Music Awards. I think that might be the Gemini Awards. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Um, yeah. Well, I want to give a shout out to I. I just I feel uh, he's he's the guy who's in everything. Any sort of like '90s movie that you've ever watched mm-hmm. or mid '90s and probably early 2000s. I feel like he's just had a great career. That's he's always been this character, but I think he just excels so much in that. And this is Chris Elliott as Roland. Shit, yeah. I just think that he is doing the best work of his career I, it's like i just yeah. think it's perfect casting i love his belly um mm-hmm. i love i think some of my favorite scenes are with him and david but of course like his scenes with him and johnny are the best because the way that he just laughs at johnny and <laughs> the, the way talking about when he was when the dead body was there was that amanda and i or was that you and i, I think it was you and amanda yeah um or maybe it was someone else who knows at this point when he said like they don't want to tell the guest that there's a dead body. So he's, he pretends that it's a toilet and he says, he just like breaks it because he's like, Oh yeah, well the something, I have to take it to the morgue or something. He just ruins the joke. And right, it's right, so right. <laughs> perfect. Um, I, yeah, he's, you know, at first I was like, 
I don't know. Like this, it, it's, it, it was like Alexis. This is a character I'm gonna like. It feels like it's just a lot of poop jokes, you know, uh, yeah. and you know my feelings. But I, I think that he. I'm the most surprised at how they've managed to kind of humanize him. Um, yeah, I think, and this is obviously something they do intentionally. But the fact that he's never bothered by david not being you know just yes straight um, yeah. and he's never kind of that never is a plot point is roland having a hard having like uh, a queer panic mm-hmm. I, that like just that alone makes him kind of fascinating yes yeah for sure i think that um i we said it before too but i love how he calls him dave as opposed mm-hmm. to David, because it probably bugs him but david just kind of goes with it I, I think david just humors him mm-hmm. i feel like Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I haven't seen a lot of Roland and Alexis scenes. That's a great point. I, and I would love to see that dynamic. That is like, like yeah. yeah. In terms of like the how diametrically opposed they are, I think yeah. that would be fascinating. Okay, I'm gonna go searching for uh, Roland and Alexis moments. Or yeah. I mean, I'm hoping there's some sort of season six plotline where they're both like in a truck and get stuck somewhere. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like something like that. Exactly. Oh, oh, that's great. I love that. Like it makes yeah. me think of, um, I just watched the, the baby shower episode when Jocelyn goes to the apothecary and she and David have a scene and, and it's again, it's like, you don't really see that very often, but they are great together. Yes. It works so well. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love unexpected sort of. It's like when Tracy Jordan and Jenna Maroney are together doing things. And yeah. It's, it's those odd pa- or uh, no, even better. I'll raise you one. Uh, Kenneth and Jenna. That's one of some of my favorite moments. Yes, yes, like the 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 page battle in the basement. Yes, uh, for the when coat. they break all the the lights in the closet. Yeah, and then they all fall oh, down. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. Here, here it is. <laughs> The, all the like fluorescent lights fall to the floor and Jenna turns to Kenneth. She's like, are you as turned on as I am right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, I think like, yeah, weird. I mean, I'm not a big <laughs> Sex in the City fan, but I always think like that kind of like in my mind, because I'm not, I'm, I haven't watched tons of it. I feel like, are there like Samantha Charlotte scenes? Like where Ooh, they're same. just alone? Yeah. Ah. Uh. Amanda Kaczynski would know. I, I know See, yeah, I'll tell you yeah. BSA Amanda Kaczynski. Uh, I feel like it's not seen as often. Right. I, would, but like, I can say with confidence, even not seeing the whole series, you don't see as much of that. Yeah, it's like that, like that, like that dynamic feels off. I feel like a positive version of that is on the Golden Girls when there's uh, a storyline that's about Blanche and Rose together. It's yes. really funny. They're such a great dynamic duo mm-hmm. um, that you like, you feel it. It's like they, it's yeah. I love, I love that idea of pairings in, in an episode or in a movie. Like, Oh, yeah. those two characters have a scene together. That's weird. Yeah. Do you watch Bob's burgers? I have seen a, a bit of it. Um, okay. So I'm familiar, but I'm not, uh, I'm not as religiously up to fluent. Okay. Yeah. It, there's a like uh, the mom and like Jean, the son, or that's like one of my mm-hmm. favorite dynamics. I also like Bob and Louise as well with the bunny ears. I oh think yeah. It's also a good dynamic. Uh, anyone who watches that show, I think hopefully would agree to. Um, yeah. I mean, I love Linda and I love the John Roberts who does her voice. Yeah, just, of course. Uh, all of that is just gold. BSA John Roberts, yeah. yeah. BSA John Roberts, absolutely. Ugh, love her. Love him, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess it's time for... Do you have anything else? Any other side characters? I don't want to... No, I kind of... unturned here. I think we've done a really great job of like... Yeah. 
of uh, and I am so excited to do this with Grays with you suggested the office I yes. almost suggested that uh, or almost went with that uh, I can also just, do Parks and Rec as well same I think, same yes, I, could, yeah. I could do Parks and Rec as well who like what other that oh this is oh I love this the BSAs of I mean like I'm not super fluent in Seinfeld but I feel like the parents yeah. the moms and whatnot oh yeah George's parents alone yes. yeah it's, I wish I knew more maybe there's an episode okay. that's okay yeah. and I, I I would want you to be we'll try to find some middle ground that we're both fluent enough. You know, this was the obvious choice, but I think, mm-hmm. I think you are more well-versed in the office than me, but I definitely know enough to keep up if that makes sense. So I think, oh, we'll, yeah. be, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, and, and for people listening, what do you, you know, yeah. we might not know the references, but what would you want to hear a discussion of the BSAs of movies, yes. TV shows? I mean, cause like, have you seen Dropped It Gorgeous? I have only once though, only once. Well, so a reason could, to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there too. And I can, yeah. I would certainly be glad to watch it again too. And I would certainly would love you to watch Clue again, just to kind of do the women of Clue. I think that I that's. Could, yeah. Yeah. That one, cause I could definitely do that. I know that pretty well. Yeah. That I've been, that is my, I've been training my entire life for that episode. Episode, okay if that makes sense yes, yeah no, I, no no totally yeah i <sighs> i that's what this podcast is about is like these are the moments these are the things yeah that, i'm buzzing i'm buzzing i'm buzzing oh no no i am i am down to do uh a, a clue deep dive on, yes like, i love that like let's just take a movie or a show and just talk, talk about all the women in it <laughs> yeah kind of yeah it's and great. a couple of guys yeah yeah if we need to absolutely yeah um yes i i i love all of that idea and of yeah. course we'll talk about our next best supporting actress nominee or in our sort of regularly scheduled programming um i think it's sort of uh my choice next i've got a couple ideas um Ooh. but we'll talk about them off air i can't wait well somehow even on this episode that's not really about nominees for the best supporting actress we're still getting played off a stage Ugh, how in, dare they this canadian stage i think i would i would imagine the canadian awards shows would be a lot more polite but somehow we've still gone on too long we found ourselves here yeah um so before we get taken you know taken off uh stage completely where can people find more of you and us and etc yeah they can find me uh on instagram and twitter at nick kachanov you can also find me on the no good very bad gay podcast and uh the squirrel friends cocktail hour with bsa extraordinaire amanda kachinsky yeah yes. she has so much airtime she's gonna love it she's gonna I love know. this episode she's yeah um, and so, you, of, of course, you can find more of me on In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance. Um, and you can also check out my episode all about Alexis called Good to See You, Mr. Bagel. Uh, you can find me on All Right Mary, talking about drag queens and drag competition reality shows. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can find the best supporting podcast on Twitter at BSA Pod. Yes. And our email address is thebsapod at gmail.com. Correct. So chime in with uh, Canadian award shows, who you'd like to see, future episodes that are like this. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think of Shit's Creek? Let us know. We love talking about this shit, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, it took us the whole episode to get there. That was great. That was great. Um, well, you know, even if it isn't a formal award show, we want to thank... Uh, What's her name? Karen Robinson. We want to thank. Yes, of course. We uh, Stevie, um, Sarah Levy, 
yeah. Jennifer Robinson. Yeah, we, yeah we're, we're crossing all these You're crossing names. names. We want to Karen Robinson. <laughs> it is tough, though. We have Karen Robinson and Jennifer Robertson, who plays Jocelyn. Emily yeah. Hampshire, Annie Murphy, the legend Catherine O'Hara. Um, and yeah. of course, Chris Elliott and uh, Bob. Bob plays Bob. <laughs> what about Bob? <laughs> what about Bob? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>